Thanks for checking out my friend's place here on WGOTLP Gainesville.
the vibe is right. My kind of night, the life of the park. Who gon' leave in the car with me? Don't say much because talk is cheap. She curvy, all real, no surgery. Dressed to kill, first degree. Furtin' is her, I can see. It's picked up energy, she wants release. She's being naughty, oh she naughty. Reverse cowgirl, howdy. She got my sticker. The Magnum XL sex game, cool lobby. She the best, no one close. Stole my soul, you can see my ghost. Now watch it float. That's a beautiful ending, one night stand, no hard feelings.
Young drunk driver in your blue Honda Civic, ride or die, leave your keys with me. I think about it every minute, every night and day, and you might crucify me for my honesty. My heart is open, the truth revealed. I see in the future. Okay, that is new music from Kieran J. Callanan, Young Junk Driver featuring Hubert Lenoir and sounding very much, at least to me, like a comedic version of Sleigh Bells, if that makes any sense. But uh, yeah, that's a pretty 
Wild new song from Karen J. Callanan. Before that, leading off the um, warm-up mix this week here on My Friends Place, started things off a little bit silly. Uh, this video came across my uh, Twitter feed last week, and I thought I just had to share it with you from the variety show the Brady Bunch did after uh, the sitcom. It's a Brady Bunch singing the Happy Days theme, which... Uh, gold right there uh, but then after that a little bit of a classic track Depeche Mode people are people uh, then you heard my closing track from last week my favorite song um, from last week it's hard feelings with dangerous you heard the sunrise highway nefarious remix it features Rai Rai and Bruiser Wolf after that a song that I've played a couple times here a pop song actually Sam Smith and Kim Petras with Unholy this time you got the Disclosure remix of it, which really pretty wonderful remix. Managed to keep like all the great things I liked about the original version and uh, kind of turn it more into a club song. So definitely enjoyed that one. And then after that, you had Foyer Red with Plumbers Unite, which is a shout out to uh, Mario and Luigi as apparently this song is about tripping on acid and uh, your GameCube Nintendo coming to life. So a uh, really interesting concept there for that one. But before we go into more new music in the second segment, I have a couple of real quick updates from my friend's place. First, and my old man shakes a fist angrily at Sky, I want to update the Blue Polo uh, Bro ineffectively directing traffic story on 13th Street from last week. And if you missed it, you can find it pretty easily by searching for Cramela Radio Shows. Well, officially, I'm not updating, or not shaking, rather, my fist at him this week because I didn't actually see him. But I am still shaking my fist at that stupid light on 13th Street, uh, kind of where the corner of, I think, Avery Smith is located. Uh, where they're changing over like a cable-based uh, traffic light to one of the uh, L-shaped poles. Because this thing's been set basically on a timer for a minimum of four weeks um, as they try to upgrade it. And uh, I'm not really sure why it takes so long to do that. I would think to switch over uh, lights like that, that's like a two-week process, but... This thing's been going on forever, it feels like, at least five weeks, maybe even six weeks. Uh, anyway, every day, I sit at the same light, uh, no traffic, trying to pass through it, of course. And then I sit there, and the left turn signal comes on. Of course, new uh, cars are making a, a left. And I know this is a first world problem, but I have sat through this same light with no traffic coming through for 19 out of the last 20 times. So my angry man shaking fist at clouds response, how long does it actually take to change out traffic lights and hook up a new one to a sensor? Uh, because there really wasn't what appears to be any work done for like two weeks. Now, good news for me anyway, and I guess people that have to sit at that light every day is that there was like a fleet a bucket trucks uh, Monday afternoon like six of them I have no idea what six bucket trucks are doing there to hook up the light but I'm not gonna complain because maybe uh, something will get done but it's been uh, progressing about at the same rate as the famous eyesore on i4 and now I've developed this game in the mornings anyway not in the afternoon when there's traffic out but um, before seven o'clock I can see that light from really far away and I like to play this game where I try to drive as slowly as I can, uh, heading on 
13th Street going south um, and try to make it so I don't actually have to stop at the light. Now, of course, this is of no traffic's around, but uh, still going like 20, 25 miles per hour, half mile down the road, I still have not been able to time it out where I don't have to actually come to a complete stop at that light. So please, civil engineers of Gainesville, please get that thing switched over because um, I decided to actually time it uh, this past week. And it turns out that each time I'm sitting there about a minute and a half. So you do that two times a day, that's three minutes, uh, 19 days in a row, or 19 out of the last 20 days. So 19 times three, um, let's do a little bit of math there. So we're gonna go nine times three is 27, carry the two, one times three is three, plus two, five, so 57 minutes. I've been sitting there idling, burning gas at this light for at least a couple of weeks now, and the number is actually probably higher than uh, 57 minutes. So please, please, uh, traffic gods, let that one get eventually taken care of. Uh, my other update is my great slaw challenge, where I've set out on a personal mission to dis uh, discover the greatest slaw. Doesn't necessarily have to be coleslaw, it could be any kind of slaw. Um, throughout uh, the greater Gainesville area. Now, I don't actually have a new slaw to report upon, but I did have the slaw from my top two contenders this past week, which are Northwest Grill number one and then Lucy's number two. Full transparency, neither are underwriters or sponsors of WJOT or my show, so there's no payola going on. And uh, both are actually really respected local restaurants in Gainesville because I know there are people that are listening uh, to this via podcast um, outside of the uh, Florida state or even the Gainesville region. Anyway, I've got Northwest Grill and Lucy, number one, number two, and my round one score was really close between the two. I have Northwest Grill at an 8.0 and Lucy's at a 7.5, but here's the update. After having both of them again in round two, there is now, for sure, a clear-cut leader. And I'm going to have to say that it's Northwest Grill. I really do like the Lucy's coleslaw, but Northwest Grill has a powerhouse coleslaw uh, for the slaw lovers out there. And, um, yeah, I had to bump that up like a half point. So now I've got Lucy sitting at 7.5, and I've got um, Northwest Grill at 8.5. I am looking for more local slaws to add to the big slaw board. So if you know of a restaurant, or it could be pretty much anywhere, um, if this one's got a slaw, again, doesn't have to be a coleslaw, uh, then you can uh, DM me, Cramela, or my friend's place through the WGOT Facebook page. So looking forward to trying a few more great slaws here in Gainesville. Um, but before I do that, we got more new music here on my friend's place. Uh, a person you've heard at least two or three new songs from off the new album. Here's another one off of the album. It is Gruff Rice with I Want My Old Life Back on My Friend's Place. Back. 
Player, does that make you? 
music from Kara Jackson's song is Pawn Shop. Thank you so much for listening to my friend's place here on WGOT LP Gainesville. Before that, in that 25 minutes of music, you had Gruff Rice leading that one off with I Want My Old Life Back. Then it was one from a David Wax Museum called Luann. Then it was on Attendant Anna with Wonder. After that, a classic group with brand new music. Uh, it's the first one off of a forthcoming album from Fishbone. Uh, that song is All We Have Is Now. Then it was Buena Suerte with Nada Que Extranar. I know my Spanish sucks, so you don't have to email me about that. Uh, then a cool uh, band name, Bleary Eyed with Wreck. There you go. You're caught up to everything you've heard this week here on My Friend's Place. And before we launch into another 25 or 30 minute music block, let's do something we do every week here on the show and a couple of movie and television reviews. Now, truthfully, I haven't seen much of uh, anything new. Been watching a lot of Gator baseball um, as they're having an amazing start to the year which is really refreshing after how bad the men's basketball and um, football were. Also watching you know, Gators gymnastic and a lot of the women's sports. But uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of been taking up my spare time with the television. Um, but I did manage to see one new movie and uh, pretty much a full season of a new TV show. And they both have something in common. That is, they are perfectly average. And I mean average, just like a, a meal that you might get over at your friend's house that's a, like a well-seasoned baked chicken, you know, baked potato, and baked beans, you know, a good meal, but just totally average. And that's what I got with these two um, things that I watched over the weekend, or over the week, rather. 
First, let's talk about the movie, which is Knock at the Cabin, which is a brand new movie from M. Night Shyamalan, probably best known for the Bruce Willis ghost movie, where it turns out, spoiler alert, Bruce Willis was dead all the time, okay? Uh, this time, in the M. Night Shyamalan movie, we have a lovely couple. They've got a really cute young girl, and they are vacationing in a cabin in the woods, which makes sense in a movie titled Knock at the Cabin. But then, you have the bad guys show up, and they are led by former professional wrestler Dave Bautista, who's gone on to have a pretty decent movie career, and he's, he's good in this uh, as well. And uh, this group of three people, they have arrived because, uh, according to them and their visions, it is the end of times, it's the apocalypse, and there needs to be a sacrifice made uh, before the earth is totally destroyed. That's your premise. And everything about the movie is fine. The acting, the direction, the story, they are all perfectly fine. Uh, there's nothing that stands out about Knock at the Cabin, good or bad. Although, I do think that they dropped the ball with the ending. Um, of course, M. Night Shyamalan is known for his twist. And I thought I had figured it out, and I knew exactly what the twist was going to be going into the ending, and it would have actually made the movie better, but it never actually happens. And it turns out the twist I was expecting, because I, I Wikipedia'd it afterwards, is how the book actually ends, which would have been a much better ending. So I'm going to give Knock at the Cabin a perfect C score. Uh, then the other average show I watched this week is one on Amazon Prime, a new show called The Consultant. And it actually has a connection uh, to Knock at the Cabin and M. Night Shyamalan because it has uh, Matt Shackman as a showrunner, and he worked with M. Night Shyamalan on Servant, a show on Apple Plus that I really love season one, but despise season two. So it kind of makes sense that he would be working on something that's kind of average because it's got really good things you like and things can't stand. But uh, also Servant and um, the uh, Knock at the Cabin, besides sharing uh, Max Shackman, they also have one of the main actors in common. So there is definitely a connection between these totally average um, movie and TV show I watched. Anyway, a quick synopsis of the consultant is head of a video game uh development company he's shot and he's killed by this young kid on a field trip and the very first scene pretty much in the very first episode and then almost immediately after that you have the great Christoph Waltz he shows up at the company he's this mysterious consultant that quote-unquote was hired to run the company and now he's there and they're dealing with the fallout with him running the company and the people that used to work for the guy that you know, got shot. Now, if you read anything like the reviews or how the show is marketed, they are calling it kind of like a, a severance type show uh, as a workplace mystery. And I will say the consultant is definitely a workplace mystery, trying to figure out um, who this character from uh, Christoph Waltz is and who shot the head of the company. Um, that's where the, basically the comparisons between the consultant and Severance completely fall apart. Um, 
because for much of actually watching the consultant I was kind of daydreaming and thinking back to just how great and perfect uh, the TV show Severance was because everything in the consultant looks cheaper and it just feels like less developed than the story that Ben Stiller um, put together with uh, Severance. Which isn't to say that The Consultant is a bad TV show, but on the other hand, it's not really good either. Uh, Oscar winner, you probably know him from uh, a couple of uh, Tarantino movies, uh, Christopher Waltz, very good in the show, and probably the best reason if you're going to actually watch it. Um, another really good thing about the show, they're 30 minute runtime, so the episodes are fast, there's only 8 of them. So you're not having to commit like eight hours. It's four hours, so half as much. And I also, one of the things I really appreciated the song, which is kind of a half-handed compliment, is that I didn't have to pay attention to like intricate plot details like I did in Severance. And I could just have the consultant on in the background while I'm editing or doing research for my friend's place or my other radio show, Cram uh, Lomic Show. But like Knock at the Cabin, you know, the best I can really say about The Consultant is it is so totally average. But hey, sometimes average and okay is fine. If you are a recovering only child like me, you always have to have background noise on. Uh, so it's perfect for that background noise. Again, totally average, but uh, I would never tell you not to watch it, but I would also never tell you to watch it. But what I will tell you to do is uh, check out this next um, segment of music and leading things off, the second classic song I have this week, and this actually came off the consultant soundtrack, um, it's The Prodigy with Breathe here on My Friends Place. <laughs>
city life Business times When you require street car desire for higher high There's no place for beginners or sensitive hearts Pull the 
flower from the garden, a pure floor, the jardine, a bloodline mix, the Philippines with New Orleans. The vibe made me think of Diane, Carol, and Claudine. Whoever couldn't see it, then so be it. Like I mean, a queen nightingale in her wings, whisper the sky and tell. The sun and moon are her biggest fans, they sent a mail. Skin caramel, a magnetism, none could parallel. From Venus to Venezuela, they call her Miss Michelle. Her beauty truly a treasure, her laughter was a song. No way I could ever be right if love on her was wrong. There was times my character might have been less than strong. She would leave, but she'd always come back where she belonged. She got the whole wide world under her finger. When we were young, she came in and stung me with a stinger. My Nefertiti, Amina, Makiba, Maya Zinger, the light in which I'm a linger. I'd probably do anything for that girl. Lay awake and feel all of my thoughts running I tally my regrets, upsets and shortcomings What have I been taught from them? Some souls are suited and when you support someone You invest in the future Some days it's apple cider The next could be kombucha But celery through the juicer And telling me do a booster She mighty Aphrodite and never a true Medusa She's never been too obtrusive Long as we've been exclusive At first love was elusive This old heart was icy The cold part I thought the final wifey wasn't likely My lover friend, my spirit Spiritual twin, yet nothing like me, and rightfully so. I never met somebody more striking a yell. She got the whole wide world under her finger. When we were young, she came in and stung me with a stinger. My Nefertiti, Amina, Makiba, Maya Zinger, the light in which I'm a linger. I'd probably do anything for that girl. Okay, that's music from L. Michaels, Affair and Black Thought, called uh, That Girl. And it's actually going to tie into my next story here on My Friend's Place. But before I do that story, let's talk about some of the other things you heard in that last 25 minutes or so of music. Coming out of the break, you had uh, classic music from the Prodigy song, It's Breathe. Surely you recognize that. It's also on the soundtrack of a show I reviewed in the last segment called The Consultant, streaming now on Amazon. Um, after that, one of my favorite songs of the week is from a band called Flycatcher, and that song is Always Selfish. Uh, then you heard Dry Cleaning with Swampy, kind of a good, uh, perfect title for Gainesville right now, with all-time high temperatures this week. Uh, projected into the 90s in uh end of february so uh there you go global warming climate change whatever but uh, after that you had one from body watch with massive central then it was death valley girls islands in the sky not actually a cover of the great dolly parton song by the way uh then it was nick waterhouse with smooth operator not a copy or a cover of uh, the lionel richie song so uh, two non-covers there with very very famous titles but Anyway, let's do a little bit of news, and this week, we're going to do a little bit of comic strip news. Uh, and if you've been online or following uh, the news at all, you might have heard the news from this guy named Scott Adams. Now, that name is pretty generic, and you may or may not recognize it, but he is the creator of Dilbert, which amazingly is still around in newspapers, or was as of a week ago. Uh, now, full disclosure, I read the newspaper for many, 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 many years, um, and the comic strips were always like my uh, palate cleanser after reading the national, local, and the sports section, and I read pretty much all of the comic strips um, at my 
obsessive compulsive disorder uh, basically uh, compelled me to do so and like over many many years so I'm very uh, aware of all the comics that were in the paper like uh, you know um, Beetle Bailey and Blondie and Peanuts I mean I even read the Peanuts after Charles Schultz uh, retired and they played repeats or put reprints in there rather uh, Foxtrot and uh, Mother Goose and Grimm and you know on and on and on you know Calvin and Hobbes, Farside of course my favorite was uh, Blooms County which has been out of print for quite some time although I had a quick quick mini revival like about a decade ago it seems but I uh, read all of those comics strips except for two and the first one was comic strip Kathy and I'm sure there's some Kathy fans out there but hey for whatever reason I'm not able to relate to that co uh, comic strip at all the other one I never read could not stand is one that was pretty popular you know 20-25 years ago Dilbert from Scott Adams. And Scott Adams has actually been in the news a lot for his political views. I'm really not going to get into that because I don't want to give him uh, much more of a platform than I'm going to give him now. But on Twitter it popped up some quotes that he said. And these are direct quotes. Um, according to Scott Adams, um, if nearly half of all blacks are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, that's a hate group. Uh, then he went on to add that white people, and this is his quote, uh, should get the hell away from black people. So I read like outrageous statements like that, and the very first thing that pops in my mind is, hey, let me go and look at the video where he made these statements. Were they taken out of context? Were they edited? Were there's some like misunderstanding there? And no, there isn't. <laughs> there is no other context for the statements that he made, even though he's kind of backed in the last couple of days so um, that got me kind of thinking about like cancel culture and other things and it's really sad on the one hand when someone you really really like you find out is kind of an a-hole can't say the actual word uh, recently for me it's been actors like Brad Pitt apparently uh, maybe not the best father to his children uh, and Really, the one that jumps out recently is Bill Murray, who apparently is not a very nice person at all to work with. And it's always kind of a bummer when you find out people that you really uh, like are kind of terrible people. But fortunately, in this case, I could never stand this cartoon. Never read it, even out of the thousands of times I read like the funny pages for the Sunday or uh, Monday through Friday black and white comics in Gainesville Sun, Orlando Sentinel, and Florida Today. So I'm not really that sad to see uh, Dilbert get canceled, which is what happened. Uh, it's not really in a ton of newspapers because he already made other controversial comments before uh, these latest racist ones. Uh, so it kind of been pulled back from a lot of papers. And then of the 100 papers uh, that it's still in, I think like half of them uh, pulled the comics. So uh, there you go. Comic strip news. I'm not going to let a comic strip news a segment pass by without doing a, a segment that I kind of semi-retired. It's been on and off for the last year, but it is me bringing the greatest comic strip of all time to life. So you're probably going, what, Peanuts, Doonesbury, Blooms County, you know, maybe, I don't know, Family Circus? <laughs> not Family Circus for sure, um, but... 
This is a segment that I've done in the past called Get Snuffed. And I'm going to bring to you, through the power of radio, through the power of your imagination, and uh, my great storytelling and voice work, you're going to get one of the latest Sunday uh, comic strips of Snuffy Smith Red here on My Friend's Place. So this actual comic comes from the Sunday, February 26th version of Snuffy Smith. And you can find this all online. Just simply Google Snuffy Smith Comics. And uh, interestingly enough, I think the creator uh, or one of the characters' name is actually Barney Google, which... Uh, what a coincidence there. But anyway, here is Barney Google and Stuffy Smith, written by author John Rose. And this is a Sunday comic, so it's cool. It's in color. Let's see, it's got two, it's got seven panels all together. And really, the first two panels are just kind of a preamble to what's going to come next. But uh, in panel number one, you've got Little Tater. Uh, Little Tater is a baby. He looks exactly like Snuffy Smith, the main character of the comic strip, except he's smaller. And he's sitting up in a high chair, and you've got his mom, whose name I know is Louise. She's got her traditional garb on, which is a, a black uh, headdress that kind of looks like uh, almost like an Islam or a Muslim headdress. She's got on a red shirt, her apron, and uh, black pants underneath it. And uh, she's looking at little Tater, and he's shaking his head violently back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And Louisie's saying, little Tater, don't like nothing you like, Paul. And then out of frame, you can see uh, the comic strip bubble coming from uh, what's going to be Snuffy Smith. Yeah, he does. And then um, in the next panel, you can see Snuffy Smith in cartoon bubble saying, you... And uh, Louise, she's obviously very delighted about this comment. You can see hearts above her head. Uh, Little Tater's looking at her um, very longingly, like he loves her. And that's just a nice way uh, to start off this comic strip. That brings us kind of to the main course. So going down, panel number three, you got a close-up of Little Tater. And he's still in his high chair. And you can see he's straining. His eyes are closed. Um, he's obviously trying to do something and got a little onomatopoeia here, which I love in comic strips. So, uh, here you go. Ah! All right. That's panel number three. Uh, panel number four is also little tater. He's still in the high chair. He's stretching his arms. His eyes are closed. Clearly he's straining, struggling to do something. And we got some more great onomatopoeia. He goes, Arrgh! Now, truthfully, before I read the last two panels, my first inclination, having been around some babies uh, the same age as Little Tater, is that, ooh, you're probably uh, maybe a little constipated, uh, trying to pass a bowel movement. So that was my first uh, thought here for Little Tater. But it turns out there's like an M. Night Shyamalan twist in the Snuffy Smith uh, cartoon. So we go down. We're in panel number number five now and this is a real close-up on little tater and this time he's got his fist closed his eyes clenched his mouth shut and you can see he's really straining in in this cartoon and this time you have a the third straight panel it's just onomatopoeia and he goes Arr! okay so then we move on 
panel number six. Uh, this panel is a wide shot of the Stuffy Smith cabin, uh, which is set on top of some cobblestones. Uh, the shack itself is made out of wood other than the chimney, which is also made of basically cobblestones. Uh, there's mountains and trees in the background, clearly uh, trying to establish the setting probably somewhere like in the Ozarks or, or maybe like Kentucky and the mountains, uh, the bluegrass state. And like I said, this is a wide shot of the Stuffy Smith cabin. And you can see, got some more onomatopoeia. And this time, uh, the last panel was Earth. This time it's like that. So you can tell there's little Tater is in distress. He's clearly in distress for these uh, last four panels. So I got panel number seven, which is going to be the climax and the resolution to the action here. So just what had little Tater so upset? Is it constipation? trying to pass like a really uh, difficult bowel movement well turns out it wasn't panel number seven final panel he's still in his high chair he's got his arms stretched he still his fists are clenched his eyes are shut his uh, jaws clenched and he's got some more on monopoeia and this time it's all right that's a little tater but then for the first time in several panels you have uh, stuffy smith and he's talking to Louise. They're both smiling. They're laughing. Obviously, something very humorous has happened. Uh, Stuffy Smith, in his left hand, he's got a piece of food that I'm going to assume is uh, like a, a chicken leg. Or, yeah, it got to be a chicken leg. I mean, I guess it could be a turkey leg. But we're going to find out. Um, it turns out that it's not. So, uh... What's going on with Little Tater, Paul? And then here is a Stuffy Smith's uh, response. He wants to eat some fried chicken. Let's go back, right back to uh, Snuffy. I told him not till he gets some teeth. And then here's the final, the, the great joke at the end. Stuffy Smith, this really brings it home. Uh, great Southern humor here. So he's trying to grow some. And then uh, the whole family, or at least they, they're both laughing. But poor little Tater. He doesn't have any teeth, so he cannot eat that fried chicken, which is a real shame. Uh, so there you go. If you want to check out more uh, Stuffy Smith again, this was the Sunday, February 26th, uh, Sunday Funny of Sunny Sm or Stuffy Smith. You may do so uh, just by simply Googling it. Anyway, um, what better way as palate cleanser after some great southern humor, uh, after some uh, racist cartoonists, let's do a little disco. And here's a brand new disco song from U.S. Girls. It's called Tux. You're listening to My Friend's Place on WGOT LP Gainesville.
there. But maybe that's the the course, you know, maybe that's the course of life, you know. Maybe that's one of the reasons why we're here on Earth to learn how to be companions and loving to one another. Once you perceive that, well, maybe time up, I don't know.
You just heard over Mono calling out. Before that, you had U.S. Girls Tucks, Your Body Fills Me Boo. Uh, then Frankie Rose with Come Back. And then it was J to G, Circle Back Around. And if you're wondering why I'm talking so fast, like the end of a pharmaceutical drug company where the side effects may include trouble urinating, blurred vision, weight gain, sleeplessness, diarrhea, skin rash, that's because I am right up against the top of the hour here on WGOT LP Gainesville. Uh, so that was a real quick rundown of what you just heard. Before we get into the closing track this week, as I rush through my uh, final uh, comments here, quick reminder, WGOT, we're on Patreon. You should know that already. If you want to listen to my friend's place or Cramla Mix Show online, you can do so really easy. Just Google Cramla Radio Show. And until then, um, I'll be back same time, same channel next week. So here is your closer. I believe it's a Jacksonville group. Uh, called Lands. Uh, the song title is Vega, sounding very much like Zero Seven, a band that I love and a lot of people do. So uh, bye-bye. I'm out of here.
If I could be holding on 